Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Backstage Podcast. My guest today is someone who always amazes me by his positive outlook, down-to-earthness, and his constant desire for simplicity, despite the fact that he's a pretty popular guy. Francisco Randez is a model, actor, TV and radio personality, entrepreneur, but more importantly, an amazing humanitarian and philanthropist, having associated himself with some exceptional causes. That's quite an impressive track record for a young guy like himself. On this episode, we talk about all of that and more. I hope you enjoy this conversation. I'm happy that you're you're on. It's been it's been forever that we've been trying to um, to make this happen, and I know that you've been busy. And uh, I'm I'm glad to see you. I'm glad that uh, you're doing well, and uh, I'm glad that you're finally here. But thanks for having me, bro. It's been a while. It's been a long time. Yeah, I know. Tell me, uh, just before we just before we went on, we we're talking about the decision to move out of Montreal. How does that happen? Like, how do you just decide, screw this? Right? Yeah. Hey, it's, it's, I always thought I would live in Montreal forever. Yeah. Like, I always thought, like, when I was, like, in my early 20s, I was like, this is it. And I really was you know, very ambitious. And I, I was, like, in the um, event business and restaurants and bars and fashion. And I was like, this is my city. You know, like, yeah, yeah. I really had that feeling that Montreal was going to be um where i was gonna stay forever and i guess i started traveling quite early in life and but i guess my first trip to spain when i stepped foot in spain i think it was in uh 2003 2004 first first time i'd never been there all my parents were from there my ancestors or my family there everything and i remember stepping foot on the tarmac at the airport because we would come out of the plane. I don't know yeah. why. Yeah. We, we took like a little plane to, and I, I stepped foot on the tarmac and I, I felt something like a vibration. And for the first time in my life, I was like, oh, maybe home is not, you know, strictly Montreal. Yeah. This is when, you know, that, that it cracked the surface. And from there, I started realizing that I could probably live somewhere else. But I, I'm still very attached to Quebec. I'm very attached to Montreal. I mean, it, it's been hard to love Montreal in the last couple of months. <laughs> I agree. You know, and and it and it's easy. You know, a lot of people are uh, throwing stones and stuff at Montreal and the administration. Come on, guys. I mean, it's it's a really hard, hard period. It, it's it's probably one of the worst times to be administrating a city like Montreal. So it's very, very easy to cast stones. Mm. I'm not saying I'm, I'm behind the Valérie Plante and her administration 100%. I think they're doing really what they can right now. I, I don't think people are fair, man, about like the, a lot of people are asking for her to resign and, 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 and they're criticizing the administration like big time. And I think it's unfair. Anyways, that's not the question. But like lately, Montreal has been a big mess. It, the construction, this and that, the, the the bike pathways, it's been messy. But that's not the reason why we left Montreal. It's something that I I started planning three years ago. 
yeah. when I started, you know, uh, traveling more to Central America and really um, uh, planning that project that we have over there in El Salvador. Uh, and I, I guess I needed more nature, more calm, more peace. And Montreal is very exciting. There's some areas that are more peaceful, but in general, it's a bit hectic. And this is, it's, it's not Montreal. It would be the same if I lived in New York or in any big cities. It's, I wanted more calm and peace. Yeah. And this is the reason why, uh, you know, we started thinking about, you know, moving out of the city. So when my girlfriend got uh, sick and she had her operation, this, this is really when it started, you know, being an actual, like, concrete plan you know like we really we wanted to get out of the city to be closer to nature to, to live more calm and peace how is she doing by the way and you know you recently came out publicly about her health challenge you know that she's facing um you know she's undergoing some cancer treatments uh you know it takes a lot of courage man to put your personal lives out there for everyone uh, for everyone yeah. to know why was that important for you why why uh, you know why take that step there Mm, it's a good question, but she's doing she's doing fine. She's stable. It's going to be a year um, next week that she had her operation, yeah. and she's doing well. You know, uh, when she got out of uh, chemotherapy, we are we were so excited, and we thought it was over. Yeah, and we I, I guess we needed that. It was like in the middle of the pandemics, and we we just we needed good news, you know, so that the chemo ended and we we went like we were like okay that's it things are gonna get better from here but she's on two other treatments for two years and there's side effects and, and it changes a lot of things and and now we kind of got back to a more realistic approach to her health and condition and but man we're 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 lucky we have support from the family and we're we are very privileged i i feel that was always very privileged like healthcare and all these things, man, it's really amazing. Yeah, and yeah. so, so in, you know, amidst that, that, the whole um, challenge, we have a lot, a lot of comfort in a way, you know, I speak for myself, but I, I think she would say the same things so that we're very privileged and we, we have, she, she's receiving some amazing care at Shum and it's really amazing. So, so she's doing well. And the reason why we came out, why I came out, is that this event for me was a game changer. And uh, there's a lot of decisions that I had been making. I had been putting a lot of stuff in place to make a lot of changes in my life in the last couple of years. Um, all that showbiz and jet set type of lifestyle. I have nothing against it. I've, I've, you know, I've, I've lived it a, a thousand percent. To me, it was over. It was, it was getting really old and, and I, I was aspiring to more. And less at the same time, you know what I mean? I was aspiring to less, a more simple life. And uh, when she got sick, I was like, this is it. This is, this is the beginning of a new life. And for me to announce it publicly was a form of engagement. Yeah. You know, like, and it's not like I wanted to do this in order to score more TV. No, that was the opposite. Like, I was yeah. literally telling the world, listen, my life has changed a lot now, and I'm going to focus on that. And I, I guess when you've been a public figure for so long, you, I think you owe it to people that have been supporting you forever. The reason why we're on TV, we have shows, we have this, we have that, is that people watch our shows. Yeah. Right? So for a couple of weeks, we thought of not 
mentioning it. And then I was like, it's going to get so complicated because you have treatments. Even to first, I just announced it to my family and my business partners. Yeah. Because I was like, they need to know. Yeah. You need to know that I'm going to cancel meetings at the last second. And I don't want to get into like a, I didn't want it to be confused, you know, yeah. the situation more than it already was. So I decided to tell them. Then we told the family, of course. And then I was like, well, let's just be honest and transparent with everyone. And we received a lot of media attention. I didn't expect that. And, and, and it was at some point a bit uncomfortable. Yeah. You know, it's, it's not like you, it's, 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 it's uncomfortable. Yeah. You know, because it's 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 something you want to you, you want to you want to keep it a bit discreet, yeah, but it didn't happen life. that way. Yeah, but um, I'm I'm happy we did it, and it cleared uh, a lot of things. And also, I realized that it touched a lot of people. And then we've been I've had so many conversations with people from the uh, people that I don't know personally, but the, that watch our shows or that have, that have been following me in the last couple of years. And amazing people. And, and it's really helped me be a lot more uh, vulnerable. And I guess um, just to, yeah, to appreciate and realize the privileges uh, of being healthy and, and what real life is about. You realize there's a lot of sick people out there. Yeah. Like one out of two Canadians are going to get cancer in their life. So yeah. When you're always surrounded by people that are healthy and and successful and this and that, it's not real life, man. It's like it's like a it's like a bubble that you live in. And I'm happy. I'm I'm experiencing more like real life now. It's like this is it. Good. You know, I'm happy for you, man. I'm happy that uh, that you found a, a comfort and that and that you're good in it. You know, because you know we're we're discussing a little bit about it before we went on air about how you know we, we live in this bubble and we think that that is normal and then we only realize yeah. how ridiculous it is once you come out you know and you look back and you're like well, what the hell was I involved in right and it's not to bash anything in the past or to, to downplay it or anything like that it's just that you realize that there's certain elements of your life that maybe could have been better and they weren't right and at least at least you're out right and you realize it and you can take the necessary steps to kind of make yourself and your life uh, and, and your life better. Look, I'm glad uh, you're out of Montreal because, uh, you know, now uh, by default, I got to support the South Shore. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> yeah, but not having to cross the bridge, like there's a lot less traffic and construction around here. Like and, we're in Monte-AG East, so yeah. uh, it's, it's more, we're more in the country. Yeah. I love it, man. Like I love it. I, I, don't, I don't think I could come back to Montreal anytime soon. I love it too much. It's so quiet. Um, but you mentioned something about like it's it's almost like a new normal. What changed a lot for me is I really questioned my my quest. Like what am I? What was I chasing? Yeah. And I, I lost sight of what I was chasing at one point, and I was really involved in the lifestyle. And eventually, I started being very very unhappy couple of years ago like five years ago i was so unhappy and then you look at your life you're like you got everything yeah so, yeah successful business successful career healthy i i mean what can go wrong but that that's not it man just to me that was not it it was not my quest was just it was so empty at one point yeah, yeah. it's like chasing 
chasing excitement, chasing consumption in a way also, <clears throat> you know, going to restaurants, doing this, doing that. At one point to me, that meant nothing anymore. Yeah. So, but I was so involved in the lifestyle that I lost, like I lost sight of the, 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 the objective. And the objective at one point I had to sit down and, and just realize that it was, it was not my life's objectives anymore. Yeah. And I had to make new ones and I had to go dig deeper and go back to the, to the basics and go back to the roots. And just, I went through my whole life since like childhood. And there's a lot of, a lot of great information that came out of that process. Yeah. And I kind of reconnected with the younger me and this, it helped me. It helped me a lot, like in redirecting my life and making new decisions that I really don't regret. Yeah. It's amazing what you're saying, because, you know, I feel like that, you know, the older that we're getting and the more responsibilities that we have, you know, married kids and mortgages, all these responsibilities, you know, we're much more reluctant to change path, right? To change course, because it's like, you're afraid of, whatever you do may not work out. And then you have all these responsibilities resting on your shoulders mm -hmm. that it might actually be the wrong move. Right. So, uh, you know, I'm amazed by people that actually, you know, make this 180 degrees and just, you know, re reorient themselves. And cause at the end of the day, you know, we, we, we tend to neglect our, our, our health, not only physically, but mentally as well. Right. And mm -hmm. everything adds up. And, uh, I'm glad to see that you're making these changes, man. Honestly, and if you're if you're happy and you're good where you are, man, good on you, man. Good on you. And you mentioned something important, George. Like I don't have kids. Yeah. And when you have like one, two, three kids, and you're 40 years old, and you realize that ah, you're not exactly on your path, it's so hard, man. It's, it's so hard. A lot of people did it, man, and it, and I I find it hard sometimes to and i'm still in this, this transition it's going well but it's i find it's a lot easier because i don't have kids i don't have the responsibility of little human beings yeah that's something man yeah it's 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 and that's why some you see all these people that are um, speakers and stuff and tell you about motivation about like you know like hey bro uh, like it's easy to say when you're 27 years old and 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 like you're in the middle of you know building your career it's easy to to say these things but when you're involved with a family it, it requires a lot more work oh, no, and a it, lot more courage man yeah it definitely it, it definitely changes your perspective and your sense of responsibility and i i understand what you're saying that you're like you, you some people may feel like that they're stuck because stuck not in the sense of you know you're not free to do what you want but stuck in the sense that you have people to look after now, you, you, no choice, right? Um, but I'll tell you at the same time, uh, having kids also is, uh, is this huge source of inspiration. Mm -hmm. it, it kind of pushes you and it motivates you to actually do better and to actually seek something that perhaps you were blind to in the past or, you know what I mean? Uh, because, because of the fact that now you have these people to support and it's not just about you anymore, right? So mm -hmm. I've seen the other side as well uh, where you're like, you know what? this is what's important now. And what do we do? Like, how do we go forward now to, to build more and to be better, uh, even as people and as entrepreneurs and as businessmen, whatever it is, you know? Um, so it could, it, they could also have that effect. So maybe you can look into that one. <laughs> well, in our case, it's not going to happen, no, you know, I... because of obviously my girlfriend's situation. So 
but it's something we did talk about when she uh, she had her operation because it was a big issue. Yeah, and a lot of women is when they have like uh, ovarian cancer. Some women really, really want kids, and they're gonna delay the operation sometimes to to try to save one of the ovaries, ovaries to to to, to perhaps have kids later. Yeah, and it's 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 very risky, and it's some most of the time ovarian cancer when it's detected, it's it's already at an advanced stage. Right. So we already had this conversation with my girlfriend where we were like, eh, maybe maybe one day you know we'll, we'll have kids, but not now. Yeah. So it was not a definite no. Yeah. But when that happened, we did have the conversation and she was like, I really want to live. And I don't think I want kids bad enough to risk my health and risk getting in like phase four cancer. Yeah. Because yeah. that's what, we're, what we were facing. And we're like, you know what? Uh, Adoption is 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 one thing, you know. My sister adopted yeah. uh, one of my nephews is adopted from China. He's he's amazing. So yeah. so then it's and I have a lot of friends that adopted kids. There's a lot of kids out there that need love and support, and there's exactly. a lot, bro. So yeah. So right now it's out of the question because we're still yeah yeah you're dealing. trying to get our heads out of the water. Uh, but um, yeah, why not? You know. And I think adoption right now it's it's not a good context, but adoption is is getting more organized and it's it's easier. You know what I mean? It's not it's never easy, but it's it's because it's more organized. There's ways to adopt uh, child uh, kids, and it's 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 an option. Yeah. It's an option. I, I I like the idea of giving a child that has uh, maybe that's maybe born in in more difficult circumstances and saying hey and we're going to give you a shot you know so right i kind of like that too yeah uh for for people that don't know you uh who've probably been living under a rock <laughs> let me uh, <laughs> let me see if i can if i can do you justice so obviously you're known as a model actor tv and radio personality you're a business uh businessman and entrepreneur but you're also a, an amazing humanitarian and, and philanthropist, having associated yourself with uh, so many exceptional causes. Um, it, it's quite an impressive track record, you know, for a young guy like yourself. Uh, was this always like, how, how does all this start for you? I mean, was the objective always to end up in fashion, to, to, to be a model? Is that what you always had in mind or just happened like that? Um. No, it was never. It was never the plan. And I, I like your description. I think it's over the top. <laughs> like, and I appreciate it. But I don't see myself as a businessman. I'm a terrible businessman. I'm an entrepreneur. I have a lot of ideas. Yeah. And what I realized through time is that I I surround myself with people that are gonna help me um, help me uh, take those visions and yeah. and make them. You know. Um, I don't know how to say it in English. Yeah. Um, but I'm, I'm, you know what I'm good at? I'm good at, I'm very curious and I'm, I've always been very like willing to experiment. Yeah. And this is what, and it, it put me in a lot of trouble, you know, and now I'm trying to tame the beast and I'm trying to very, very disciplined and I'm trying to, you know, be or, as organized as I can, because in the past, that that will to 
discovery and experiment has put me in a lot of different kinds of trouble. Yeah. So I guess you live and learn, but uh, modeling was never, never a, uh, a dream of mine. Never. Because, I was studying arts. Yeah. Go ahead. In, in CJEP and I, I've always been into martial arts as well. Like fight sports was my big thing. And still today I still fight. Um, and I was doing a lot of drawing and that was my thing, man. I was living in this like a uh, fantasy world in, in a way, you know, and eventually I got discovered and I was offered to do this one show and then it, it blew. Well, it blew big time. I mean, you became the poster boy for Jean-Paul Gaultier's perfume. Yeah. In, uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, it's, yeah, it's, but you know what? Awesome, yeah. I, I never liked fashion as a kid, you know, as a teenager. I, I like style, I guess. I like... Uh, but fashion was never a thing, and being a model was never uh, an objective of mine. But yeah. then you realize it, it took like a... a in the span of a year, I realized what the uh, the opportunity that was presented to me was becoming. Yeah. And it was getting pretty big. You know, like you have those agencies from Paris coming and say, we want to represent you in Paris, Milan, and all these things. And then I'm like, and that, that happened quite quick, eh? Yeah. From the moment I did my first show was in 1999 uh, to early 2000. It's it's not even it's a little bit more than a year. Yeah. Next thing I know, I'm in Paris. Next thing I know, I'm in Milan. I, I was working hard, but I I took those opportunities. But yeah. those opportunities presented were presented to me, and this is when I decided that I was going to give it a shot. Because to be honest with you, George, I didn't know what being a model was about. I didn't really understand what it was. Yeah. To me, a model was a was a like a wooden thing at the, the store that you put clothes on you know, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. a mannequin what is that so so yeah but i i seize the opportunity I, I, and then i realized that i had to to play the game i had to build a character you know and this yeah. is what i did you know and i was always very very interested in acting when i was young I remember like watching all those uh, making ofs of actors working on sets. I was always fascinated by that. That and voice. Voice was always a thing. Like I took a lot of singing lessons when I was younger. Um, and working with my voice was also a dream. So eventually I did, you know. And, but yeah, the modeling thing, man, it was, it was funky. It was very, very funky. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of stuff I can't even talk about. You know, it was so funky. It was like, wow. Look, let, let me let me let, let me tell you something. There's only honestly, I'm so disconnected from that world. Uh, always was, and probably always will be. But there was one experience that I had. This is back in I don't know 2008, 2009. At some point, the government came out with this um, uh, this economic um, uh, plan to to help stimulate. The, the businesses that were in the manufacturing industry, right? And the okay. owner the owner of the building where we had our office had a factory. It was a factory. So he had a lot of connections. You know, he, he had a lot of people. And at some point, he brings over to our office some guys that they were the owners of this it's pretty important brand over here, a pretty important manufacturer here in Quebec. And they wanted to participate in this program. They wanted help. You know, so we kind of guided mm -hmm. them and everything. So we kind of got close. And then it was Montreal Fashion Week. And they gave us passes they go, come over, you know, we have, we're going to be doing the runway or whatever. We're like, okay, whatever, we'll do it, you know. So I'm there with my boss. 
and we got there early. So the guy goes to us, just chill, you know, in the, in the behind the scenes or backstage, I don't know, where, wherever it was. And, uh, you know, I'll come get you when the fashion show begins. So we go in the back. Francisco, honestly, I was, I don't know if I was mesmerized. I don't know if I was lost. I, I, I don't know if these people were living a normal life and I wasn't. There was like this clear disconnect. And we're just mm-hmm. there. And I swear to God, with my boss for like, like the whole 30 or 40 minutes that it took for us, you know, for the show to start, we didn't speak to each other. We were just there staring or like there's absolutely nobody that we can connect with. <laughs> nobody we can speak to. You had, you know, the, 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 the makeup people, you had models, you had the, the, the people that would dress them. Like it was just, it wasn't chaotic. It was just people chilling and it was like, what is going on right now? Like, what is this world? It's like you opened yeah. the secret passage and you threw us in there and you're like, here. And we were like, what? I sw- we came out of there and I go, dude, we didn't even talk to you. Like 40 minutes, we were just like looking around us thinking, where are we, you know? And it was this crazy. It's a parallel universe, man. It, it, it really is. <laughs> it really is. And but, I don't regret any of it, to be honest. Like I did it for a long time and, and it, it's, it's allowed me to, to experience some amazing things, some really fucked up stuff too. Yeah. Like stuff that is, I'm like even with a distance I'm like well this is not normal man like yeah. a lot of this stuff is not normal but fashion like interna- international fashion is not normal it's not it's a parallel universe yeah so but to be honest at one point you kind I kind of got lost in that like that it's it's like a rabbit hole right yeah yeah then you live in that 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 parallel universe and you you forget you forget what the the world is really about and 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 eventually it it, it hard man because at the end, at, really at the height of my modeling career I opened my first bar called La Porte Rouge yeah that's where we went. <laughs> And then did we party over there? And it was really booming. That place was the place to be for like two, three years. It was like the place to be in Montreal. So I I go from like, and at that point, I'm still doing stage and I'm still like my my TV career is starting. And I do a lot of big events and I do a lot of stage work. So I'm always on this high, right? And then I opened this bar and I, I thought, that it couldn't top like my you know international modeling experience but when you own like a very very successful joint and and there's like a huge lineup at the door every night it gets to your head man yeah and it give it gives you that high <clears throat> that i think i i didn't think it was going to be surpassed that i had in modeling and like walking on those big catwalks in front of like hundreds of cameras like it's really it's really exciting so and then the whole bar thing started and 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 i i have to admit man like 10 years ago waking up one morning and just being like where am i like what is this what 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 am i doing with my life and i think this is when all these thoughts start you know emerging and slowly you know, making their way through my, my, my entire being. And like, I don't regret these years, but I would never, never go back to that. Never, ever. Are you talking about modeling now or the bar? Just, just, just the whole, the whole thing. Exciting, you know, being out there lifestyle. 
this is too much, man. But at some point, I mean, look, it, it helped kind of transition you from where you you were to where you are and probably where you're going to end up, right? I mean, uh, you know, like the transition from becoming a model to uh, to an entrepreneur and then, you know, beginning a career uh, on TV and on radio, how does all that come? Like, where's the connection? Uh, I mean, obviously you have contacts. I mean, is this something that, runs through your mind to think that this is what I want, who do I reach out to and let's make it happen? Or how does this whole transition happen for you? Um, well, communication was always a thing that I really enjoyed. And I was always fascinated by psychology and I still am today. Yeah. So I saw these opportunities as like as vehicles to get to a higher ground, you know, to a place where I was going to be able to, you know, grow and live my life and become someone. But to be quite honest, George, all these these periods of my life made me a bit lazy. Yeah. And in the way that you get to this point where everything is kind of given to you, you know, and it's not normal. You know, when you work as a model, you, even the bar, you know, we did work hard. The first couple of months was super hard and the lifestyle is not easy. Because you go to bed late, but you know, you have no kids, you're healthy, you're 26, 27, 30 years old. It's not that hard, you yeah. know, like it's, it's, it, it takes, it, it's, it's, a, it, your body takes a toll, but it's not that hard. So I was, I wasn't uh, like in that tunnel where everything was going really fast and relatively easy. And I, I lost sight of the fact that it was not going to last forever. I lost sight of the fact that, you know, my real objectives were before that, what I wanted to be, the person I wanted to become. And I kind of lost sight of that. And I got lost in that whole, like, easy, fast living, you know, and, and um, it took a lot of work to, to trans, to, to, to retransition from like a normal life. Yeah. To me, that was very, very hard. To live just a normal life, waking up early. Uh, thank God, I was I was always very disciplined in terms of training. But I mean, even back in my my worst days, I would train every day. Yeah. But I wouldn't. I would wake up at twelve, you know, <laughs> and I would train hard. But at three, four in the afternoon. Now, three, four in the afternoon is my second tra training of the day. Wow, well, it's it's very very different. So. The transition, like the coming back to real life was really hard. And it was a lot of, like, it was a lot of realizations. Like, it's like, there's a lot of layers that, that fall, you know? Yeah. And then you're like, what was I doing over there? And it, you feel a bit ashamed. At one point, I was a bit ashamed, you know? It's like, okay, I thought this was life. And I thought I had, I had like, I'd made it. Yeah. And then you, it's like, you walk back. <laughs> you could you, you take the way back and you're like uh, and then everybody's kind of you feel everyone's looking at you and say i told you you know i knew you were gonna fail and it's a good it's a good fail like i'm i'm, I'm glad i failed at that lifestyle and i'm glad i had the courage to go back yeah and i'm happy where i'm today my 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 objectives today are so different like Ooh. what i want for life is so different but i still want i still want to be able to contribute more than ever you talk about philanthropy. I mean, philanthropy, for example, uh, St. Justin, I, yeah. I try to give as much time as I can, but it's still not, 
it's nothing compared to the time that that a lot of people are putting in that um, in that, in that uh, foundation. Yeah. And I wish I could do a lot more, but both big foundations like this, like that, there's a lot of people involved. And I'm I start working with a new uh, foundation, and 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 I'm still gonna work with Saint Justin for sure. I mean, uh, I have Saint Justin tattooed on my heart, but uh, I, I I wanted to be involved like like more deeply with the foundation and we're going to make an announcement after Christmas, but it's something I really, really uh, hold very dear. Okay. Nice, man. I look forward to that. Uh, I, I remember uh, this is a while ago. Uh, and this is just to go back to that lifestyle that you had, you know, I was still living at home with my parents and I'm flipping through the channels and I, I fall on Evasion and I see you and I'm like, hey, I know this guy, you know, and I don't know where you were. You were, you were on a bike, I don't know which corner of the world and you were going to beaches and restaurants and exploring hotels. And I'm like, fuck, what, where did I go wrong? How did I choose the, 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 the wrong field to go into? Right. I mean, <laughs> this guy's enjoying his life all over the world on TV and everything. Uh, and, uh, besides that, I, it was an amazing show. I mean, it was like this travel blog, uh, or travel vlog. And, um, it was amazing, and I think I, I don't know if I don't know if that kind of inspired you uh, to do more of that kind of style of television because recently, and it's funny because we were talking about this new project that you were working on, and I didn't know the details, and now it's out, it's out, it's on it's on TV, and I haven't had yet the chance to look at it, but I mean, uh, uh, this is in El Salvador, right, Libertad, your, mm-hmm. your new show. So it, it, did that kind of open? you know, the door for you to think that this is kind of what I want to do. Like this is, you know, the, this travel and this kind of lifestyle uh, is something that I see myself in. Um, well, the travel shows, I'll be very honest with you, George, they're, they are not as much fun as they look. Yeah, I would imagine there's a lot of work. <laughs> it's a lot of work, man. And it's a lot of work, very little sleep, sometimes for weeks. Yeah. And, uh, when the camera's on, you have to live you have to have the time of your life because you're you're you know presenting like places and people that y- you wish you hope that people are gonna want to go visit and meet exactly. you know so so your job is not to show that you're tired and that you're exhausted <laughs> you live in the in the truck with your 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 director for two months and that you <laughs> you can't take it anymore but it is fun. I mean, it is fun. Those shows, it's really after, you know, you come back, you wrap it up, and then you see the show on TV, and then you have a beer with your director and your producer, and you're like, oh, that was fun. It was fun. And then you remember all the good stuff. But when you're in it, it's tough, man. Yeah. Like it's, 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 it's a lot of work. But um, the El Salvador trip, is is something very very different from the other shows that i've done because yeah. it's based on a real real-time story uh nothing is faked and we we don't show everything because at one point not everything is interesting and some stuff is very very personal yeah but it's a true story and and it's it's almost happening in real time i mean uh, what you see on tv happened a couple of months ago so and it's still going right now so uh to me that was that was um 
it was part of that process of just being more vulnerable and transparent. And I really want to do, I wanted to show something very real, like reality TV in its best form. Right. Because reality TV today, uh, we, we associate it with like, uh, like trash reality shows, you know, but reality TV to me is something beautiful and it has more to do with documentary than trash TV. Right. Right. So we want, I wanted to be honest and I wanted to experiment, experience something and to give full access to people. And I know a lot of people have received message. The, the reception is very, very good. But some people are like, not disappointed, but judgmental about the structure and, and, and the fact that like you can tell that, that it's, it's all in the, it's work in progress, but that's the show. Yeah. The show is me. You know, I did go to El Salvador for a year. I did the legwork and then I, I take you on the trip at the point where I'm like, okay, this, that's it. I'm jumping in. Like I'm starting the business. So of course it's, it's a little chaotic, Yeah. yeah. but I also wanted to show that opening a little business, even a small business, uh, on the beach, it's not easy because a lot of people are like me one day, I'm going to open my cafe. I'm going to open this. I'm going to open that. And I was, I, I've been telling that forever. And I was like, well, fuck it. I'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> and then you realize it's not as easy as it sounds. So, so what's the story behind this? You actually have a, a business down there. You started, uh, you know, you started like, this not yet. Dream. Okay, but so this is this dream project, I guess, that you you've yes. always wanted to accomplish. Yeah, we, can so we what know I, what it is, or do we have to wait for the? Yeah, of course, of course, of course. What I've been wanting to like, I've always wanted to have that, um, like it. How can I put this in English? It, 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 people get it. Like it's sports retreats, right? Yeah. Because when you say it in French, the retraite sportive people, it's not a term that we use a lot. So it's like, eh, it's weird. But sports retreats around martial arts and surfing. Because martial arts is my thing. Mm. Uh, it's my passion. So I was like, wow, man. I could be surfing. I could be entertaining people, taking them, them to the volcano, to the jungle. And then we train. And then we go back to, we do a surf session. Because me, I can't take vacation. I, I can't go to the beach and just lay on the beach. It's impossible. Yeah. And then I realized there's a lot of people like me. And more and more in the last couple of years, sports retreats, like it's, it's a form of vaca active vacation, really, yeah. that you're, you can pr discover a sport or practice a sport that you love. And then you're going to do all kinds of other things and be in an environment that's, that's different and to discover a country at the same time and i was like wow this is the best idea you know like i, I really love the concept so my girlfriend had the business in el salvador for four years me i was trying to develop it in costa rica so i went there for like a year about i spent like three months there but then i realized it was too expensive way too expensive costa rica is super expensive and it's 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 complicated to to buy land Yeah. there as a foreigner yeah and then i met her i was just coming back from costa rica i was a little disappointed because i realized that i was not going to do my project there then i was trying to figure out where i could do it i meet her and then it was like it was a sign you know what i mean and a couple of weeks later i left for six months and we left for almost six months we went to el salvador ecuador and i followed her in her business and I, I i saw because that's what they did they did sports retreats surf and yoga for women yeah. so 
I learned a lot from observing what they were doing, and this this is it. So it's the same type of model that I want to do in El Salvador, and hopefully it's going to reopen very soon, and we're going to be able to build. A, it's really it's a dojo, like it's it's a it's a training platform that we're going to build on one of the lands that we bought there, and um, I'm I'm partners with a guy that has a hotel there called El Dorado, and it's been he's been there for 15 years. Uh, He's, he's kind of become my partner. So people are going to be lodged there because this is the other thing. I realized I, I left. I was, oh, we're going to build a, a little hotel and stuff. Forget it. Yeah. Like I don't have the money. Yeah. And it's a lot of money because yeah. you're, you're saying, yeah, it's, no, no, it's going to cost, man. It's going to cost. Yeah. So, so we decided to, to join ventures with him and this is it. So I bought my piece of land so we can build the training center on. And people are going to be lodged. It's about 500 meters away. Yeah. People are going to be lodging at his hotel, and it's it's perfect. It's by the beach. It's amazing. That's amazing. So, is it functional already, or this is the process? Okay. The, the, now we're 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 still um, uh, designing the plans, all this stuff that we're going to start doing now, and hopefully in February, March, we're going to go and build. If uh, if everything is fine. Jeez, man, this thing has... Well, we're going to do a lot of that stuff ourselves because Oli, my partner, he's a, he's a builder. Yeah. I mean, this is also what he does. So he does, that guy does everything. He's amazing. Like, I'm so jealous of this, this guy. Like he, it's like he can do... He knows so many things that I, I envy those. Like, he can build stuff. Yeah. And you know, I'm going back to what I was saying before about the modeling and all that crazy lifestyle. It's like I'm I'm 43 years old and I feel I can't build anything. Yeah. You know that, and I'm jealous of that. I'm, I'm not jealous, envious. Yeah. And I decided that this is what I want to learn now. I want to learn how to build stuff. Yeah. I think it's amazing. I think it's amazing that someone can just repair a car. <laughs> yeah. Or I like that stuff now. Like this is the stuff that I'm really passionate about. Yeah. And I want to learn these things. It's funny that you mentioned this because a couple of days ago, uh, a spring uh, on my garage door broke. And I was opening the door and the thing just broke. So my natural reflex was just to call, you know, the company, come and fix the thing. Yeah. And that's what happened, right? And it cost like hundreds of dollars. And I called a friend of mine and uh, actually he called me and he's like, so what's going on? I'm like, ah, oh, man, you know, the thing broke. He goes, just go to Renault Depot, get some springs and replace it yourself. I'm like, what are you talking about, man? <laughs> I don't know how to do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Same boat. Yeah, we all have a friend like that. That's like, no, that's easy, bro. You just uh, take this off. You put. It, and I'm yeah. like, uh, but I've come on. But over. then, <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. But th this is what I want to learn, man. Yeah, I want to learn that. Yeah, I want to be that person. Yeah, I said, yeah, yeah, no, no, it's simple, man. Like you just uh, unscrew the thing, you go get this part, you put it there, put a little. Yeah. I'm just saying. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just easy. But, but this is. I want to be this guy. I want to be this guy. And this is what I decided last year. I was like, fuck it. Yeah. I'm doing it. I almost, hey, I almost went back to school. Eh? For? I, I, to to, to learn how to build yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. But it's a year and a half. Like, I did the whole thing, man. Yeah. I did the whole process. And I was talking to this guy at, because um, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's Diplôme d'études professionnelles, DAP, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. So, and I'm talking to this guy by via email. He helped me a lot. And we're discussing. And I'm like, so listen, I'm still working in media. So maybe sometimes I'm going to have to take a couple of days off for shootings. And he's like, no, man. It's like, 
<laughs> you enlist in that program, it's one, it's a one and a half years and that's it. Yeah. Like you don't, you don't take a week off yeah. to go shoot some movies. He's like, that's not how it works. I'm like, oh, fuck. So at this point, like it's not, I, I don't have that luxury. So I decided to postpone it. But then I managed to, you know, I, I, I developed that, that yeah, concept with Ali. Are... And then we're, hopefully we're going to leave and maybe do season two. And we're going to build. And I'm going to build with him. So I'm going to learn a lot. It's also the best way to learn, right? Especially if you have like this professional just teaching you. Mm -hmm. there's, there's nothing more that you can ask. If you're not afraid to look stupid and uh, to start from the bottom, I don't care, man. Exactly. Looking stupid is not something that I'm worried about. Exactly. Tell me a little bit about your businesses over here. Uh, we were talking before we went on air how they, um, uh, how they took a hit there with uh, COVID and everything. What have you been working on? I know that, you, uh, that you're a partner in a couple of restaurants. Is there anything, uh, anything that you're working on over here? Um, yeah, we have two restaurants. Rest, uh, it's called Ha. We have one in Old Montreal. We have one on Plateau Montréal, which is the original location. And we have Now Bar, which is a cocktail bar in Old Montreal. Um, at this point, me, I'm not, my partners are developing all kinds of projects right now. That's what they do. Uh, with the whole situation, moving out of Montreal, my girlfriend being sick, I'll be honest, I don't know if I'm going to do anymore. You know, like I think it's enough for me. And I don't have that passion and fire anymore to just open new restaurants. And, you know, there were some discussions about new spots that my partners are opening. I had some opportunities and I respectfully declined. Not because, I mean, they're doing amazing. And they work so hard and I think they're doing beautiful. Uh, they're, they're realizing beautiful projects. but. Is it, yeah, it's I guess it's the lifestyle again. It's that yeah. the lifestyle that I'm not interested in. And to be honest, restaurants, it's not like it pays that much, you know. Yeah. People think, oh, you have restaurants that were rich. No, it's when you work, let's say you own a restaurant, you manage the restaurant, you work shifts, then it's good living. Yeah. But the margins are really, really small. Yeah. You know, and there's it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. Those guys work really, really hard. And the problem is I want, when we started, I would work super hard at the restaurant. Then I would leave for a month. Then I would leave for a week. Then I would do this because I had shootings. At one point I, I, I was not reliable. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So I, I accepted to be in the back seat for a while. And then eventually you realize that you're not, I'm not essential to the business. Yeah. You know? I think it adds that I'm in the medias and we always talk about it and stuff. I think it helped, but the, the, you know, the, the base of that business is the people that work there sure. day after day. So, so then I realized that, that maybe I didn't have that time and energy anymore. So, uh, and I don't want to be a burden in, in the business, you know, like I don't want to be like, I want to be honest and say, this is what I can do for the business. And, so maybe you have smaller percentage per, per, uh, smaller shares in the businesses yeah. now and and allow some someone else to you know to live the dream if this is what they want to do you know yeah. allow young a younger person to to, to 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 get into that business and to really if, if it's their dream yeah it could be fun man it could be a lot of fun 
So for now, the things that you're looking forward to the most is obviously things coming back to normal so that you can go and finish, uh, finish that project down yeah. there. Yeah, I can't wait. I can't wait. But in the meantime, I'm, I'm in the process. Like, fall is a little more quiet for me. I'm, I'm enlisted in all kinds of courses, and I'm going to learn a lot of stuff. Good, man. I'm, yeah, because I'm, I have a... <laughs> Having said all that, I, have, I still have that dream of opening a little cafe. Somewhere but, on the beach? <laughs> no, 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 around here. Oh, okay. Around here, yeah. Like where and you are now, not Montreal. No, no, outside of Montreal. Okay, yeah. Because my girlfriend's working on, my girlfriend's, she cooks a lot. That's her passion, and that's what she did in her business. She took care of the food and beverages aspect of the business. And so now she's working on her... Um, like a uh, launchbox uh, company and she's it's really nice what she's doing and and she's going to be launching somewhere in the fall so i'm like i'm thinking maybe next year you know we could open a little uh, something she would have bigger surface to we could do a joint venture together yeah so now i'm i'm, I'm enlisted in a barista course that i'm going to be taking in september because i met this guy in Montreal, he's, he has an amazing place called Structure Coffee, and he, he travels around the world. And this is another project that, like, I'm like, okay, there's something we're going to do with this. And we're really involved in developing a project together. But the first step would be to open, he's going to mentor me to open this little cafe here. So nice. the first step, like he said, is to buy my machine, go do my courses, and really start doing, like, an amazing, a killer cup of coffee at home. Yeah, because yeah. that's the secret, and and it's very very technical, and it's like, and it comes back to what we we're saying, you know. I want to be able to make something, a nice cup of coffee. It's not like it's not easy, no, no. you know, like a, a nice espresso that people are going like, oh my god, this is amazing. Yeah, but it's very technical, man. Oh yeah, I know. Look, you know the the, the building where we had our office downstairs. There's a espresso Mali. The the sell the sell. Yeah, machine. yeah, of know, course. And we would go there all the time. I mean, it's, we're in the same building. We knew everyone down there. And there was something, man. You taste the coffee that these guys make you, and you taste oh. the coffee that night and day. It's night and day. It's, it's not the same beverage. Not. <laughs> but the, that's the thing with coffee is that it's very – and this is what uh, Mathieu was explaining to me. He's like, man, coffee is super technical. Yeah. The machine, the adjustments, the temperature, this and that. And I'm like, okay, I like that. So I start with that, and then I'll build houses. <laughs> exactly. Dude, I'm excited <laughs> for you, man. Honestly, uh, look, I've taken up a lot of your time already. Uh, no, thank I, you, man. It was a long time coming, and I'm, I'm so happy that uh, you found some time uh, to do this. I really, really appreciate it. I wish you um, a lot of luck. Obviously, I follow you, and I'll continue to follow you. And, um, I, I, you know, I wish you know, all the very best to your girlfriend, man. I, I'm sure that things are going sure to be okay. Thanks, brother. And all the best to you and your family. I'll, uh, and I'll... when everything reopens, we're, we're not too far now, eh? No, no, no. there's no traffic now. So <laughs> we'll, we'll, uh, we'll go for a bite. Absolutely, man. I'll appreciate that. All right, brother. All right, buddy. Take care. It was nice seeing you. Thanks, man. Ciao.